You Can't Tame a Unicorn, How to Unplan Birth by Teresa Phillips. I told the triage nurse exactly when I needed. Self-diagnosing my contractions, I told her to hook me up to some IV fluids and I would be on my way. Thank you very much. Total denial. According to my powers of uneducated deductive reasoning, I could not be in labor. I was only 36 weeks. I had been sick. Dehydration can make the uterus forget its place and start contracting without permission. And the most important reason I was not in labor, I was not ready to have this baby yet. Several semesters deep in nursing school prerequisites, I was tackling the gnarly beasts of organic chemistry and genetics in my hardest term yet. With only a week left until finals, I had perfectly planned my third babe to make her debut after finals with time to spare. I could not possibly be in labor. This was not the plan. I think you're in labor, the triage nurse tells me. I continued to deny this when I could manage to speak in between breathtaking contractions. But the cervix doesn't lie, my friend. Apparently my babe had not read my class syllabi and didn't care that she was crashing the party unfashionably early. She chose today as her birthday. Our sweet Hazel made her unpredicted entrance into our lives and hearts in a matter of hours later. Just as we were steadying ourselves after this wave of spontaneity crashed over us, another swell rose on the horizon. Hazel's early lungs were unable to provide the oxygen she needed, and she would need to be sent to the neonatal intensive care unit. There I was, holding my baby in her NICU isolate, studying my notes to prepare for exams. This was not the plan. And yet, this was the reality. The true, crazy, can't-make-this-stuff-up reality. Now I had to choose how to respond. I could mourn the loss of my perfectly timed birth, or I could be thankful that my baby was safe and well, no matter how she had arrived. So I embraced my crazy reality. I crammed while snuggling my tiny study buddy. I took my exams and aced them. Hazel came home from the NICU and was lovingly enveloped into our home. While her birth had not happened how I had meticulously planned it, Hazel joined our family in her own unpredictable and dramatic way and I wouldn't change a thing. Her wild birth is now a part of my story and hers, and it is all the more beautiful for being real and unscripted. And now as a labor and delivery nurse, I have the privilege of shepherding women through their own unique births. Some go according to plan and a great many that do not. The greatest lesson I have learned through my work as an OB nurse is that it is the little people that run the show. They are the ones who dictate their own birth stories. Baby flips to breach, scheduled C-section. Baby stops growing, early induction. Baby's heart rate drops, indicating she can't tolerate labor, emergency C-section. As a nurse, I know that sometimes keeping babes safe means letting go of our own vision of how this momentous day will plan out. As a mom, I know that it can be scary to let go and plunge into the unexpected. Most of us go into birth with a plan in mind, whether it be a five-page specification of every detail or a simple vision of the day. The glorification of taking control and doing birth our way is a very on-trend right now. But I learned that if we cling too tightly to those plans, we risk being disappointed in our amazing day instead of embracing the fact that we are meeting our little one for the very first time. You see, birth is like a wild unicorn, friends. It's beautiful, magical, unpredictable, and messy. It cannot be bridled, and that's part of its beauty. The miracle of life has so many facets, and it's impossible to orchestrate it. I thought I could bend it to my will, but while I was profoundly mistaken, I was also surprised at the beauty that took place of my own plans. 
So I encourage you to hold loosely to your preconceived notions too, Mama. Let's leave room for the beauty and spontaneity of the mythical creature of birth. Let's keep our eye on the prize of taking home a healthy baby. Let's dare to unplan our births and openly welcome our babes in whatever manner they come into our arms. Because the story of our baby's birth, with all the craziness, unpredictability, and beauty, will be part of our story. No matter how it's told, it will be beautiful. We can plan on that. Thank you so much for being here today. We are just so, so grateful that you're here. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. This is Lynn Patty, part of the Kindred Mom team. And I am here with Teresa Phillips, whose essay you just heard. And we are excited to learn a little bit more about her. So tell us a little bit about you. I am Teresa Phillips. I am married to my husband, Joe, for the past 15 years. Uh, We live in Grand Rapids, Michigan and have four crazy kiddos, ages Mm -hmm. three, five, seven, and nine currently. Wow. Um, Three girls and a boy is our last. And uh, I work as a labor and delivery nurse part-time and love that job. It's the best job I've ever had. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to stay there forever. Um, And my husband's a teacher. Wow. That's amazing. Thanks so much. Your kids are just right after each other, aren't they? Three, five, seven, nine. (laughs) It's really a lot of busyness in your house, I am sure. Yes. Well, as part of our Ages and Stages um, series, we are asking our authors the same questions after they read their essays. And so we'll start today with you. What is your favorite or least favorite game to play with your kids? Um, We've been playing a lot of games lately due to (laughs) social distancing we are currently (laughs) undergoing. Um, I love playing Skippo with my kids. Mm, yes. Those are who are unfamiliar. It's a card game. It's real fun. Even my five-year-old can play it. And we just play round after round. So I love card games like Skippo. Least favorite games. I've never been a huge lover of random pretend games yeah. that the children make up. <laughs> and... I used to feel like a bad mom for that, but now I feel like I'm in good company because I think a lot of people don't love that. So I try to play along when I can, but I would much rather like get out a board game or a deck of cards and play a a real game, quote unquote. I completely uh, echo that sentiment about the pretend stuff. And yes, I also gave it up a long time ago. I'm like, (laughs) this is just not how mothering is going to go for me. Right. So with your five-year-old playing games, does she have a lot of hard feelings when she loses? It comes and goes. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes there are, probably depends what mood we're in. Though I think while games are a lot of fun, I also think they're so valuable in helping kids learn those Mm -hmm. lessons of, because we really try to stress a lot, you know, that you have to be a good winner and a good loser. And, um, and so for the most part, she does pretty good. Every once in a while, she, you know, cries, I'm never going to win. And all that. <laughs> yeah. it's not about winning. It's about playing yes. the game together and having fun. Um, so for the most part, she does pretty good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about my third born who is a boy and he's actually eight, but he really struggles with that. So I can just imagine ugh, five years old. That's probably when he started being really upset um, <laughs> about losing. Um, okay. Well, what are you reading right now? I have been really into the 
kind of surge of World War II yes. um, historical yes. novels lately. So I've read tons of those. Right now, my current one is called The Paris Orphan mm-hmm. by Natasha Lester. Okay. Um, but I've been reading, I've, I just love the World War II genre. And there's so many amazing stories of like heroism and yes. just like, we know the broad story, but there's so many little stories of people sacrificing to save sure. other people and the hardships people go through, the human spirit can triumph, all those wonderful, warm feelings. Mm. So I like to read those books. Yes. I think you've probably read it. The, the Nightingale, Kristen, is it Kristen Hannah? Oh my gosh. That was my last one I read. It was amazing. (laughs) I could not put that book down. Like it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. So if you could talk to your pre-kid self, what would you tell her? Oh my gosh. When I first saw this question, my first thought was, honey, you are not busy. (laughs) I'm actually writing an entire book about what I want to tell my pre-kid self. I mean, my, really? because, yes, because there were so, when I like jumped into this world of motherhood, like I had no idea what I was doing, obviously, and no idea what to expect. And, or I guess I had a set of expectations that were all completely wrong. And that caused yeah. me a lot of emotional distress and hardship and confusion. And like, what is my life now? So I'm in the process of writing a book kind of from a, I used to be a social worker. So from like a therapist standpoint and a mm. nurse standpoint and a mom of four standpoint of like all the stuff that I wish that I yeah. know going into motherhood, just about in a nutshell, like not expecting the world from yourself and not mm-hmm. feeling like a terrible person because you're not perfect for your kids and kind of the beauty of imperfection and how that can be um, a gift to your children, all the things that took me, you know, nine years to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's much more I'm sure I'm going to figure out along the way. But um, I just like probably a lot of moms just went into motherhood thinking like it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies and snuggles. Mm-hmm. And like everybody kind of ominously would say, well, you have no idea how your life is going to change. <laughs> but I didn't believe them because I thought yeah. I knew what was going to happen. And yeah, I didn't at all. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question because I know for me, and I think I've even said this before with another person I recorded with, um, for me, it's like, I don't think I could have understood the truth if someone had told me, even if someone had said, this will be your future. But I do think that a book like you're talking about, I do think that it's super valuable because I think that moms really do want to know, like, we want to know what it's going to be like when we're pregnant with our first please tell me, you know, but I, we get met with a lot of what you were just saying, which is like, yeah. oh, you'll see, just you wait, you know, right. those kind of things like, no, 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 no. Can you, can you teach me? You know? Right. Um, and I think it's just so valuable that you're doing that. That's amazing. I, I cannot wait to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good. When I have first time moms in labor, like it's always really funny to ask them to rate their pain on a scale of one yeah. to 10. Yeah. I never ask them because like you, if you've never been in labor, you don't, can't you don't, rate. Yeah. Scale. You don't know what 10 is. Like, like it's a nine <laughs> and I'm like, Oh honey, you're still breathing and talking to me. This is not a nine. Like, so, but it's kind of like, you can't describe that pain to somebody. You can't prepare them for it. You can't, you know, as much as you want to know and prepare, like you can't know until you're in it. And I feel like motherhood is the same way. Like, and 
it's just so much more deep and profound and amazing and difficult and so much more all of those things than you could possibly prepare somebody for like you just can't know until you're in it and so that's why I think it's so important like to do what you guys are doing for moms to come together and support each other in it because you can't like take a course and prepare yourself for everything that's going to happen you just you, there's like no frame of reference for yeah. it until you're in it yeah so that's why I love like what you guys are doing and I love writing and kind of helping other moms know like you're not alone and we're all kind of in this weird crazy deep profound struggle together and we're learning as we go and changing as we go and it's just kind of an amazing thing oh that's so good well Teresa thank you so much for being with us thank you for sharing this essay with us and we look forward to hearing from you in the future thank you so much thanks so much Thank you.